You're listening to A Quality Podcast with your hosts, John Thacker Jr. and Jake Harrell. Like the daily huddle, which is things that we're comfortable with, you know, the weekly work plans, the things that we, you know, part of our systems is, is not much different than sitting at the dinner table mm-hmm. and talking about what's coming up, what just happened. You know what I mean. Just and th- you know what what my my brother does. What was your rose and what was your thorn? And that's what they do every night at the dinner table. Is what was your rose for today and what was your thorn? I know Jesse, you you know you have another way of doing it, but it's almost like what was what was the good thing and what was the thing we could learn from? And I mean those are you know the constraint board and the things that we accomplished and the accountability and like a lot of those conversations very similar at home, but it's I mean it's the same type of thing. You're you're trying to open the communication. And welcome everybody to a quality podcast. Your host here, John Thacker Jr. I am joined by Jennifer Lacey and Jesse Hernandez, authors of Love and Lean, which we are going to talk about today. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks What's going on, John? So, Jen, you have a nice outdoors background, but I think it's just a background. And it Jesse, is. you're outside. <laughs> I am outside. I am on my monthly getaway. I'm in North Carolina, Mount Holly. And there's some beautiful trees. And I say, you know what? I'm going to go outside and do this interview. Yeah. Well, it looks beautiful. I'm outside as well, enjoying the 64-degree weather with Ooh, nice yeah. breeze. And it's starting to turn into a hurricane. So we'll see how this goes. Okay. There you go. You got a mixture of everything there. So love and lean. Uh, first lean, of all, Lean and love. That's okay. Lean, lean, and, and, love. lean and love. Sorry. <laughs> first of all, congratulations. Uh, great you. job. I know the amount of work that goes into something like that. Um, I think what piqued my interest is kind of as I have progressed in my career, it's become more and more clear to me how important relationality is and emotional intelligence to success. Um, you know, for me personally, I like people, except the people that I don't like, but I'm pretty open about that. Um, and so, you know, relating to people. Is, is I guess something that comes easier for me than than for some others, and I I could never figure out you know kind of as I grew what the hell is wrong with that, and then as I started to kind of study more and and learn, I realized that you know everybody's different, and some of these um, approaches to other people right are skill based, and you might think of a book like How to Win Friends and Influence People. But a lot more of them are, are character, personality, psychology-based, and that's a lot harder, you know, because we probably all met that guy that had the, the polished approach down. Like, he memorized how to win friends and influence people, but you just knew it wasn't genuine. And, you know, I appreciated it, right? Like, you're making an effort. I recognize that. But you, you're also plastic and, and fake, and I... I don't really care for that much, right? So talk to me about Lean and Love, five as love letters. How did it come to be? What's the purpose? All that good stuff. Well, Jesse, you could you start because it kind of started with you and then you brought me into this whole 
debacle. <laughs> the, 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 the lean and love debacle. Yeah, you know, it started with the the letters, um, which are like the table of contents for each chapter, were written for me, like to help me, to fix me. <laughs> I was in a relationship um, and it was going south. And the, the she's an amazing woman. She took the time to to translate 5S because she knew she's an attorney. So she knew that lean was a big thing to me and that I believe that it's 100% um, universal. And so she contextualized the standard 5S system and applied it to our relationship. Obviously, I need more work than that. But I knew like in the moment when I read them, it's like, oh, my God, this is so powerful. And to your point, John, there's a lot of stuff out there that people anchor on because it kind of helps them maybe manipulate um, or influence in a different way. And so you're guiding people, but it's kind of mechanical. It's super transactional. And when I read these letters, I'm like, oh, my goodness, like this is this can help people like a lot of people. So I sourced them out, you know, I would share them with friends and a lot of people were like, oh my God, that's amazing. Some people are like, Jesse, you're crazy. Like lean, leave it alone already. I'm tired of hearing your stuff. Um, but I knew, right? Like I totally knew something had to be done with these things. I just didn't know exactly what it was. And so I could, it was like three and a half years. I kept I held on to them. I knew they were powerful. Uh, then Jen and I connected through LinkedIn. I mean, we had met in person, but like started interacting more on LinkedIn, started doing some live streams. I think we did one live stream with, um, with Felipe and a bunch of other lean construction people. And I was like, man, I got to talk to Jen. This is the idea. So I get her up. Say, hey, I have an idea. I got these letters <laughs> and I, I still in the back of my mind, I said, man, how do I like, how do I pitch this idea without making it seem like I'm trying to hit on her? You know, <laughs> because it was, there was some emotional stuff in the letters. Uh, and I said, what do you think about having a live stream where we discuss each of these letters and how they apply to us personally and what we've learned, et cetera. And, and Jen was like, okay, it sounds crazy, but let's do it. Um, and initially we were just going to like, we, we were going to really, focus the conversation around how they applied to the job site and to the office and to work. Um, but through the live streams when we discovered the people that were participating were like, they wanted to talk more about like the real, real stuff, like straight up home, uh, romantic relationships, business relationships, like the whole thing. And so Jen and I reflected like after the first session, we're like, Oh my goodness, this is a little different. People are getting vulnerable. And I think it's because we're demonstrating vulnerability and trust. We need to double down on that. Um, so we continued to do that. And then someone, there was Kirby Coates, uh, unknown LinkedIn user who said, Hey Jess, like, I wish there was a way I could just have like the nuggets and not have to watch eight hours of video because there's good stuff in there. And I said, Oh yeah, I could do that. Cause I had the, the, the episodes, I had them transcribed. And I started, I read about two pages. I'm like, man, I'm not going to do that. That's a lot of darn work. And then I said, wait a minute. We got transcribed content. 
why can't we turn this into a book? I was already working on my first book, which is going to be my first second book now or second first book. Um, and so I reached out to my, my publisher, my coach, and I said, hey, what do you think? She says, yeah, let's do it. And, and here we are. Um, I think Jennifer really, really was looking forward to the editing process. And she can describe that for, for the listeners and viewers. <laughs> so, we'll Jen, is it, uh, Jen, is it working? <laughs> well, it, it's done. Let's just put it that way. So it, it got no, I meant, um, meant Jesse hitting on you with those letters. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was like the first phone call, three-hour phone call, and we were like, knew exactly where we were. <laughs> no, no ambiguity, no, like, nothing, nothing we needed to worry about after that first phone call. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. so tell me about the uh, – the editing process and and what was going through your mind, you know, obviously these letters were personal and probably had some meaning and context for Jesse that, you know, isn't immediately uh, transparent to other readers. So, so talk me through kind of how you went through them and what your thoughts were. So again, I'm going to just emphasize a couple of things that Jesse said. One is when we were planning them, we it was very we were very intentional in our conversations on we don't want to lose people because like we have a whole construction industry that we work in and that you know and lean and how we apply it and our body of work is based in that arena and so we were like we don't want to lose people by talking about squishies you know sunshine and you know sparkles and glitter because they're gonna go that's like what is that crap like we're in here trying to build things with tools and you know like create things like what what is this stuff that has to do with people so the again very intentional on just we have to walk that line we have to we can talk about your experiences and we can talk about those things but we have to make sure we're relating it back to the job site we have to make sure we're bringing in those examples from the job site and it's funny, you can see the progression throughout the, the live streams, but afterwards we talked and we're like, man, everybody's comments, all the contribution was all personal. Every, every bit of it. It wasn't job site related. It was, you know, my wife, my kids, you know, a failed relationship, three failed relationships. Like that's the stuff they were sharing. And a couple of things happened when we went when, when in that first live stream is we realized that we were talking about things that no one talks about. So there's that talks about, you know, some uncomfortable conversations. And two, this space that we were doing it in, people like were wanting and needing it. And that was not the intention. That was not the purpose. We just saw value in what Jesse had and thought, hey, we should share these. And what began to, I guess, start getting cultivated during those live streams was this space that kept growing and people wanted and needed to talk about these things. And these are not just, you know, fluffy people. These are people that have been in the industry doing some hard work for a long time. And they all of a sudden had this space to be able to be vulnerable and be transparent and be human. And so I wanted to hit that point because I think that was super important because that kind of helped feed and the momentum of some of the things we were doing. And then, um, Throughout, I guess, as we built it and as the, the group grew and as the comments came in and again, they were very personal, very, there were people that told us like, I've never shared that out loud. And I just typed three paragraphs to a group of people that I'd never met before. And just, and so a lot of our conversations were, what are we doing? What are we creating? And then like, we have an obligation 
as we're doing this, that like, we can't just go, okay, it's been great fun. See y'all later. Like it was, we're doing this and people keep coming in like, okay, how can we capture this? How can we continue to do this? And so that led one to the conversation with the book, which Jesse talked about a little bit on how let's, how can we get this and share it with more people? But it also, when we wrapped up those five S's plus a recap session, everyone's like, okay, what's next? And Jesse and I are like, what are you talking about? Like, we don't like, what do you mean? We're like, yeah, what's next? Like you, we've been sitting with you every other Saturday morning for three and a half months. And now like, what's next? And so that led again into our no BS with Jen and Jess platform that we launched in January. And like, it's just blown up. And I mean, it's just continues to grow. And the book fed into that, the book and all the content is what is the reason it exists. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I like your, uh, the sign that you got behind you, you know, work hard and be nice to people. It's really similar to my management philosophy, which is be hard and shit on people. Um, I like that we're so closely aligned. <laughs> uh, so appreciate the, uh, background there a little bit, but before we go any deeper, let's just tell our audience that's listening the purpose of the book. I get the book which is available on amazon and everywhere fine books are sold yes and what should happen well i want to start jesse because it's i'm going to do my simple one and then i'll let you go with because i know you have a little bit more because yep. you have some personal connections to it so when we decided we were going to create start the live streams um the purpose is the same so i i i think that we can say what our our purpose of sharing them on the live streams were and then we actually included that in the intro to the book is to, to be able to impact and help one person, to help one person. If they got this and listened to what we had to say and they went in and made a different choice or they thought about something and acted a different way or treated somebody differently or even hesitated before they went into something that maybe they'd always done, then that, that was our goal. Like that was it. If we had one person show up, if we had nobody show up, but then we were able to share it and somebody later on could listen to it, like our goal was to impact one person. And then as we were seeing that, then it was like, okay, one more person, one more person. And that was it. That was like, our goal was to help somebody do things differently, change their behaviors, you know, treat people better. Yeah. Let's dig into that a little bit. So, so help them how, after I get done with the book, right. Mm -hmm. uh, what will have changed? What will I do differently? How will it impact me? Do you, yeah, no, I had to hit on mute because I had like a hawk over here getting massacred or something. Um, ah! Eagle fang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the one, the thing that the book has in it, there, there's a lot to it and there's multiple layers. Um, it includes the like so many quotes from people that, are, that were participating in the live stream. So like we got to glean some of their wisdom and expertise and put that in there and tie it to the content. But so I guess the first layer is there's some like pretty simple actionable techniques that you can put in place to minimize the chaos at home. And what I mean by chaos is like the arguments that happen because there's a gap in communication. And right? so one or example, my wife moved the drywall. Yeah. Right. Because it's always their fault, right? That's what we do. It's her fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's the kid's fault. It's everybody's fault. Um, but, and you, I know you appreciate this. It's usually a function of the system. The system's just 
terrible. Um, and so one of the examples in there is like use a calendar and it was like for real, for real. My, when I traveled, uh, I said, I'm leaving Sunday and I'll be back Friday. So to me, that meant Sunday, 6 a.m., Friday, 9 p.m., I'll be back. What, what my partner understood was late Sunday evening so we could have as much time as possible on Sunday and early Friday morning. But that, those little details weren't communicated. Uh, and so that created discontent and frustration with each other. Uh, also, there were like important events that, that I wanted her to go to or she wanted me to go to. I wouldn't find out about them until like the week of. And that's not enough notice for me. Right? I need three weeks or so so that I can build that into my schedule and build my travel around that. And so that created problems behind us. So we just put a damn magnet on the calendar, use different colors for my travel, different colors for important events. And then I said, oh, okay. So we'd schedule things around. And so it really helped um, eliminate those problems, right? It eliminate the problem before it entered the system. So we didn't argue about those things. So there's a lot of those types of things in there. Then there's some like deeper stuff around uh, like the very first chapters around sort, right? Get rid of, get rid of the stuff that you don't need. And so in a personal relationship, what's like the worst thing? Um, jealousy, <laughs> distrust, resentment, and resentment, right? Like these things that build up and eat at our soul. We're talking about like, let's really talk about that. And, and when it surfaces, how do we get rid of it? And in the book, we share about me getting a therapist, which I got after the relationship ended. But getting, you know, that objective third party perspective helped me realize where, you know, my thinking was off. And so there's multiple layers in, in application of the stuff that's in the book. It's all around the really dumb stuff that I've done. And I've done a lot of dumb stuff. Um, and so it's like real story, real application. And then to the question of like, what's the purpose? Like it can be totally healing. And, and what I mean by that for me, before trying to do some of those things, I just thought I'm just a bad guy or I'm a bad picker, right? Like I just picked a poor partner. And, and so there's this self-loathing that can develop. And I'm going to say that I think a lot of people out there are in that space saying like, what the hell, why is why am I so miserable in this segment of my life? Is it, it's because I'm a failure because I'm less than. And I think the book, when you start reading it and start doing some of the stuff, you realize it's not necessarily that you suck. It's just, we don't have the tools because nobody talks about that. Nobody, um, there's no, I mean, I guess there are classes, but they're, they're like a significant investment to go and access that and then put it into practice where you could just get this book and read it in a few hours I mean, most of the people I've talked to, like, man, I read it. I thought I was just going to read one chapter and I ended up reading the whole book and I got to go back and, you know, read my notes and whatever, uh, because it's very digestible. It's entertaining because, again, I do a lot of dumb shit, um, but also there's some real practical application of it. And, and so the opportunity to free people from this misery, this cloud of gray that they're living in, that's like the hope behind it. Um, and it's not just like, so layers, right? The relationships at work, relationships at school, 
relationships outside, you know, in the community, you can make those better. And guess what? When those relationships are better, I'm happier. Relationships with like my family, relationships with my significant others. That's another layer. When those things start getting better, guess what? I'm a happier guy. And then ultimately my relationship with myself mm-hmm. and going through this book, a lot of the stories that, that I've shared is exact was exactly that journey. Uh, and, and I'm confident that other people can get there with a lot of work, right. And with external help, but this can get that snowball rolling. Yeah. And, uh, based on your, I guess the participation in the live stream, you know, and the feedback you've gotten, is it, is it fair to say that there's a lot of folks out there that, you know, probably could use some therapy, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I would I would venture to say some folks on this interview <laughs> could use some therapy. And I know I'm one of them. <laughs> well, I found uh, I found a therapist to be extremely helpful in just nice. helping me to see what I can't see for myself. You know, yes. um, I think uh, I've got a, a friend who's a plant manager and he's he's young, probably 35 or something. And, uh, you know, his, his upbringing was out here on the bell curve kind of thing. And, uh, he also, you know, went to therapy and, and probably that was what allowed him to advance in his career and kind of be at the spot where he's at, uh, because he was able to deal with some things. And, you know, for all of us, we have issues to work through. Um, we can't always see them. It's the fish and water thing. And yep. we don't know how. And here are these trained professionals that can help you do that. And I would encourage everyone uh, listening to take advantage of that opportunity. You know, it's uh, so easy nowadays. There's even apps, you know, that can get you connected and that sort of thing. Uh, so there's kind of no excuse anymore, except one. And that is we still have this ongoing social stigma about accepting help. Mm, yes. Uh, you know, it's. It's a little bizarre to me because if if I break my arm, nobody thinks poorly of me. Well, Grandpa does, but barring that generation, (laughs) yeah, yeah, poorly of me for going to the doctor to set my bone. Right, Uh, that's just what you do. But when we have other things that are broken, especially if it has anything to do with your mind, all of a sudden uh, people get sketchy about that. Right. So I just want to recognize that you know for our listeners. I'm aware there's still a social stigma around getting help, especially um, any kind of psychological help. Um, what was it? That yeah, there's like, there's like so much vulnerability in seeking that kind of help, right? Mental, emotional support. Uh, and, you know, what is vulnerability? It's courage uh, because I'm exposing myself. I have to say that I'm weak and I'm hurting on the inside. And again, that's one of the things, you know, Jen and I, since we did the live streams and as we were working on the book, we've been invited. We did um, helped uh, moderate a panel discussion in person. And I think because of the relationship she and I have developed and the, what people are comfortable with allowing us to do with them, that live in-person experience, people got 
ultra vulnerable. Like there were tears in the room. There were confessions or first time statements about major pain that people have been carrying for 20, 30 years. Um, and so it's, it's, it's also an, the book is also an exercise in building that vulnerability, building that courage, which in my head, like, that's the key. Like, Nobody knows how to do vulnerability, <laughs> right? You hear every, like even like Gary V and all the social media experts, like be vulnerable, be, well, what the hell does that mean? And, and so it, in my head, it takes practice. It takes reps and it takes a community that is going to give you the space to do that without judging you. Uh, and in, as, as it relates to no BS with Jen and Jess, I believe that's exactly what we're doing uh, is continuing to develop a community where people can come and share and listen and see other professionals with the same pains, the same responsibilities, the same influence, getting vulnerable. Uh, and to, to the social stigma, yeah, because guess what? Everybody else out there is trying to show up and be as strong and smart and all-knowing as possible. When we all really just don't know what the hell we're doing. We're just kind of trying to figure it out. And there's no perfect. Yeah. There's no, I don't no, think there's, there's, there's no perfect. And I think what we've realized over the last six, seven months is not everybody wears their brokenness on the outside. Mm. And so they walk around and they, you know, whether it's the stigma of owning something or the stigma of admitting something, it, I just, I think we've seen that a lot. And it comes back, back to the communication piece, not only how we talk to others, but how we talk to ourselves. And that's come up a lot in a lot of the things that we've highlighted, but um, tying it back to the book is that uncommunicated expectation, the things yeah. that whether it's our, our significant others or our people at work or um, things that just have not been said. And so we talk about that in the book as well. Um, an example that I spoke to on just traveling, because I travel for work a lot too, is um, traveling and like I'm at work because I'm traveling and then I come back home and then I'm, you know, at home. And so I'm and I was in a relationship and it was the uncommunicated expectation of like, why was I not checking in? Why was I not calling? Why was I not letting people you know, letting people know that I was safe and I was okay? And I'm just like, what are you what, what are you talking about? Like it it almost aggravated me because like I'm I'm doing my job. Let me do my job and then when I get home, we'll deal with whatever this is. And that it's like it was an uncommunicated expectation on their part, but also on my part, it was selfish. And, and again, everyone's like, well, really? Yeah, it was, it was selfish. And I didn't see it till later that it, it just out of just consideration and kindness, I should have said, Hey, I'm safe. I'm okay. Well, cause someone cared and loved me enough to like, want to know that. And, um, and we just, those are not things we think about. Yeah. And I think there's a human nature component there. Um, all improvement takes effort. I'm not going to say pain. You know, sometimes effort manifests that way. And, you know, you see this in the gym, right, where I'll go to the gym and there's people there working out and they're not grunting. They only use enough weights that they can do like their three sets of 10 because they don't want anyone to see them struggle and fail. If you're not grunting, you're not lifting and you're not going to get stronger. Right. So I put my little baby weights on the, the pull down. Bar. I'm like, one, two. Three, 349, 467, you know, like I'm Ron Burgundy or something like that. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it three times. But you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to wake up stronger than you. And, and it's going to hurt <laughs> and, I'm, and sore. 
and I'm sweating and I'm grunting and you're annoyed and you know what? Fuck off because I'm paying my gym membership too. Right. So, but it, it's true. Like you have to stretch yourself if you want to get better yes. at everything. Um, your physical body or, or your health or whatever. And the same is true of your internal self. Um, yes. So I think it's fair to say, you know, I don't want to jump the gun or give the book away too much because if people click the link that I'm putting down below, I get 50% of the proceeds. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the external issues that we have in relating to people, the root cause is really in here, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Right? Like, fix yourself, you know? And it's a it's a really tough conversation to have with another person because it sounds so judgmental. Um, so I can speak in the abstract. I'm not talking about my wife or anything <laughs> like that, just so we're very clear on the podcast. Danger, danger. But... Some people want every other person to change and adapt to their issues. Fair? Yeah. Fair. It's almost like a, an ingrained self-defense mechanism where we all just do it as people. Yes. You know, like that's, that's, our first, that's our default setting is like, I'm the standard. Everybody has to meet my needs and wants. Right? Until we take the time to self-reflect, you know, and... and do a personal inventory and and then we realize usually with help right wait a minute there is a problem in all of this and it's sitting in my chair <laughs> <laughs> yes there's a there's a saying that i that i love that i learned in uh 12 step meetings when i'm working through recovery it was like everywhere i go there i am and what that means is the product like, to your point is the problem is not outside of me the problem is me and it's the way I see things, the way I view things. And, you know, I was, I had a, I had a phenomenal system develop that reinforced the fact that I was a victim and everybody was against me. And if everybody would just listen to me, things would be fine. And the amount of energy it took to function in that manner was enormous. Like it just took manipulating and playing and scheming and thinking everybody. Cause I, you know, like, we do know that people really do spend a lot of time thinking about me, but it's not from a negative perspective. They're just admiring me. Um, and, but I used to think it was, they were scheming against me, but they're not, they really don't care about what I'm doing or what's going on. They care about themselves. And, you know, it's an inside job. First, when I start inside with me, I am better equipped to serve people. And, and, and just super recent experience. One of my clients, um, we did a little exercise, introduced them to personal Kanban, and then we started a study action team and talking about visual management and visually display status. Da, 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 da. And one of the one of the leaders of the group, he's like, man, I just, you know, I thought I was doing good because I have and he showed his, you know, he had a manila folder and he's like, here's my columns and these are my, you know, doing his thing. He's like, but but I'm really not doing that good because my team doesn't know what's going on. And I'm like celebrating. He's like, what are you, why are you, I'm falling out of my chair. Like, no, like, here's the thing is you did it with you first. And that's how we have to start these things is do it with you internally, because now you have a body of work, some real life experience of what it feels like, the challenges around it. 
And when you help somebody else or introduce somebody else to the idea, you're better equipped to escort them through that change. Like, dude, what you're going to do with your team is going to be phenomenal because you're not taking a concept and making people do something. You've already applied it. So now you're speaking from experience and it's your own personal application of the thing that has all the damn power. And so the change was made within him before he's trying to go and bless everybody with all the value he brings, right? He's like, no, 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 we got these problems. This helped me in this way. Let's try this as a group. looking people on the planet as well as jesse hernandez so welcome back <laughs> to the podcast <laughs> got my uh indy 500 mug that i picked up uh -oh. in indianapolis the other week nice uh, yeah just another way that uh, they separate me from my money <laughs> uh, so lean and love and you know, the importance of knowing yourself, coming to terms with yourself as sort of the foundation and prerequisite for healing. Mm -hmm. And uh, not just, you know, you, you can fix relationships, um, but it also sets you up to not fuck it up in the first place, right? Yes. So as you develop this skill set, <laughs> uh, you, you don't have to put as much energy into fixing stuff because you're not bungling it to begin with there. 100%. Totally. Jen, Jen made that point as one of the, actually, maybe the follow, the second or third or fourth, I don't know which book I'm on yet, uh, but maybe the follow-up to Lean in Love, uh, Jen's talked about, like, this book is kind of about fixing what I screwed up already. And so then the question becomes is, how do we go in appropriately? Jen, you want to bless us with your thought on that because i don't know how to do i'm gonna have to learn from you on this one no i mean again we've all screw, have screw-ups and things that we've learned from and i think um i mean we did the book and again it was based a lot on both yours and my <clears throat> mess ups and learnings and missteps and things that um we realized you know that we needed to <clears throat> self you know self-reflect and maybe save something or maybe try to make something better and that's really what a lot of the examples are. Um, and then in the last month or so, I was walking and I mean, my brain was exploding while I was walking and I got back and just just took a ton of like brain dump. And I said, Jesse, I, I said, I think what our next, I know what our next book is. I said, because everything we talk about is, okay, here's, this is what's broken. Now let's try to figure out how to make it better. And I said, but there's people that are going to be going into brand new relationships that haven't screwed up a lot of things. 
And so they have to work on self. And we've talked about that a little bit already, but also how do you go in and set it up for success? How do you start at the beginning and not have to go back and retrace your steps and undo something or fix something? Because there's going to be other things that are going to pop up that, you know, you can't predict, but how can you go in and create the right environment so that you're not having to deal with all the things that we talk about in the first book? And I think that was um, a big kind of an epiphany on, oh, great, another book. We get to go through yes. this editing process again. <laughs> but it was also, um, but also like the need for that. And then I think book three, which we, we don't even think we've talked about yet, Jesse. But and that the, the other lean in love is that self-love. And yeah. we, we sprinkle it in a lot of things. But literally, there's enough content on just whether it's no BS stuff or stuff that we've talked about that we can pull out of uh, the existing book is just, how much are we really focusing on self and in all of this and not pointing the fingers and not trying to make it be about me and someone else? So I have, a, I have two questions I want to ask both of you because it really feeds into my mind why this is so important. So John, I'm going to ask you like, do you want to matter? Do I want to matter? Like, do you want anything Haunted you do? To by the vastness of eternity, <laughs> men have turned time and again. Sorry, uh, that's from a Brad Pitt movie. Um, yeah, I think I do. Okay. Um, I don't know. My brain works weird, but uh, okay. yeah, I think so. I mean, the things you do, like you want them to matter. You don't, I mean, you, you don't want them to just be insignificant, I'm guessing. Sure, yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. Jesse, I, I got a question for you. Do you want to feel less than someone else? Negative. Okay, so both of those things are things that all of us at some point have to deal with, not just in ourselves, but in other people. So I'm going and I'm, whether it's the job site or at home, and there's somebody doing something, you know, and they're, and whatever, it's an action, intentional action that they're taking, they're, they're putting effort into something. And I don't know a lot of people, and again, I can't say it's 100%, I don't know a lot of people that show up and start doing something and putting effort into something, and they don't want it to matter. They don't care if it matters. There's just not a lot of things out there that that happens with. But also on the other side is, I don't know another person out there that wants to feel less than someone else. It doesn't mean they don't feel it, but I don't know people that just want to feel less than. And so if we think about those two things, just in the context of the three of us, like every interaction we have with any person, they want their work to matter. They want their their decisions to matter. They want their life to matter. And they don't want to feel less than someone else. And so a lot of the words and the things that come out of our mouth and the way we act impact both of those things and how they receive it and also how they react to it. And I just don't think we think about those things enough. I agree. And and yeah, I'd want to, as listening to Jen and, and like her immense wisdom and, and, where she's coming from i say that like seriously i think it's important for people to know that as we were producing this book and as things have been going on since we started this this movement um we've been applying these things and and so you know jennifer just alluded to it just a bit about how she got clarity around what our second book should be through a, a morning walk she's been applying some of these things that we've been talking about as we've been 
putting them out there into the world. And failing too. Uh, so no, I'm not just having success. <laughs> I'm having lots of failures. And, and like, so that whole thing was, we're taught, we've been talking a bunch about self-care and how do we keep our, our cup full. And, and Jen has been through on this path of figuring out what that means, right? Because we don't know, you know, we're really good at executing. We're all, I mean, the three of us for sure, like we know how to make stuff happen. And, and most of our, I, I made this observation is like most of the people that I talk to are that type of person. And the conversations are always around, what's the goal? What are we going to do? What's your target? What's your objective? What are you going to do this year? Blah, 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 like all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like we don't need that. Like we're make it happeners. We know how to get shit done. And all we talk about is getting more stuff done. And what's happening in the background is we're not taking care of ourselves. And that's where we need the help, right? Folks, type A personalities, achievers, this, folks like us, we need help figuring out, like we just don't know how to do it. We don't know how to take care of ourselves. And Jennifer's like, I'm picking on her, but Jennifer's like a perfect example of that. We said, Jen, you need to take some time for yourself. She's like, Jesse, what the hell does that mean? I'm like, yes, we need to figure that out. And she kept experimenting and trying different things. And she's landed on these morning walks. And the indicator that it is meaningful and fruitful is the depth of the ideas and the thoughts that she's coming back from her walks with. Did I speak out of turn there, Jennifer? Absolutely not. And, and I, we talked, we, we talked on this a little bit, but it was, I'm the person like we're talking, the three of us and John, you say something and it triggers in my mind and I've got to write that down. Like I, I got to save that. It's important because I want to make sure I don't lose it because that thing, I can take that. And I'm like, Ooh, that can be something that can help trigger something else. But what I realize is that, and that's what I do all the time. I'm a note taker. I'm always wanting to make sure I don't lose something. And so going on these walks, I have nothing, I have nothing with me. And, and most of the time, unless I have two, unless I have two morning calls with Jesse and Adam, I don't even have my earbuds. Like I take nothing with me on these walks and I, and it, again, it clears my head and I was, and ideas were starting to come and I had nowhere to capture them. And so I just kept walking and then the ideas grew and they, I, they evolved and I built them on. And then by the time I got back an hour later, it's like where I would have stopped and just captured it. Now there's like five levels of more things that built upon it because I didn't, I, I didn't stop the the thought the, you know and, and again it's it's one example but it's ha it happens all the time when i'm on those walks because i was stopping myself from being able to allow it to be more than what it could be i think the the gist of what we're talking about is emotional well-being and health mm -hmm. and i think a, a metaphor that works really well is you have a, a car like cars so use car metaphors a lot and you know it's not running right and so you change the oil and maybe the spark plugs and uh, I don't know, polish the tires, right? Well, the, the car's still not running right, right? Because what actually runs that thing nowadays is a computer and it's off and it needs to be reprogrammed, right? And I see that in, you know, my own life and, and other folks where you know, the, the thing that controls the outcomes is actually the emotional well-being and emotional health of the individual, but they're not looking at it, you know, mm -hmm. so 
they're having a problem in a relationship, for example, and they break off the relationship. I know, time for new spark plugs, right? And they get in another relationship and what do you know? They're having the same problems they were having before. And by the time you change every part till you have a new car and you finally get to that last part and you're like, oh, it's me. Oh, this whole this whole time. Oh, cool. You know. I think we need t-shirts. It's not the spark plugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And and I mean back to the book, right? That's the that's the the exciting thing about it is the letters, the whole conversation, everything around it, the live streams is helping us because we do we do have this skill to look at systems right some a lot of us do and and tweak them and adjust them to to transform the outcomes and and you said it beautifully john is when do we start tweaking ourselves and this book i think has enough system construction management leadership stuff in it to hook people and then re re realize like, oh, damn, I'm a bad spark plug <laughs> and start working on that. But there's, and, and Jesse, you said it, there's, there's enough in there. Like, I think one of the, one of our um, audience, you know, members said like the daily huddle, which is things that we're comfortable with, you know, the weekly work plans, the things that we, you know, part of our systems is, is not much different than sitting at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. and talking about what's coming up what just happened you know what i mean just and that you know what what my my brother does what was your rose and what was your thorn and that's what they do every night at the dinner table is what was your rose for today and what was your thorn i know jesse you you know you have another way of doing it but it's almost like what was what was the good thing and what was the thing we could learn from and i mean those are you know the constraint board and the things that we accomplished and the accountability and like a lot of those conversations very similar at home but it's i mean it's the same type of thing you're you're trying to open the communication and have people talk well how was your day my day was great it was fine and that that's usually like where it ends but being able to foster those those conversations at home then bleed into how you're going to communicate with other people when you show up to work yeah and i think it's important to uh, note that, you know, I'm the constraint, you know, in, in my life as I execute, I'm the constraint, right? So I have a bookshelf full of books and, and I like to read. Um, and I don't think I've ever read a book where I didn't take something away from, you know? And maybe it's a really good book about some system or some tool that I can use, right? To make the workplace better. I can implement that, right? But I'm the constraint. Like how effective that is, is me, right? I'm I'm the thing that determines that. So for, you know, my personal journey, I've uh, spent some time in athletics and some time in gym and stuff like that. And I think it's uh, sort of ingrained. And engineering is the same way too, right? Where it's like you try something and then you make it better until it breaks and then you make it better until it breaks and then so i'm used to this iterative process i just had to learn that there was actually an internal life that also had to go through that process i didn't realize like you're not i'm not fully formed i'm not complete people continue to evolve throughout their life and if you're aware of that you can actually direct it and you can have a measure of control there um and it, it took some help you know, for me to, to 
kind of get into that uh, space. But I think that for most of our listeners, you know, we're in this, this, we're in an industry where we're applying lean principles and we understand the concept of PDCA. And I, I like the idea of using the language of 5S to get at, you know, some issues. I'd say in the same way, if you understand PDCA, then it should be an easy step for you to understand you're just doing PDCA. It's just, you're working on yourself, right? Yes. You know, Don, I, I, uh, you're just reminded me of a converse, a question that you asked of Brian Winningham. Uh, you had asked him, why is it that uh, CI engineers struggle so much getting people on board or like facilitating change? And, and I think you just nailed it. That's exactly why is because there's so many CI engineers out there, continuous improvement, fanatics, freaks, whatever. They're coming at it with, we must fix this and you must follow this and you must do this. Instead of understanding that, like we're all going through some degree of change, no matter what where we're at, whether we even understand what the hell those damn letters stand for, um, and internalizing that improvement to oneself. Right? People aren't rejecting you; they're rejecting change. People's lives are full with so much variation and some of it's positive and some of it is really really unhealthy negative crap and so for me to come into your workspace where you're comfortable and experiencing some degree of success and tell you that you're doing it wrong of course you're not going to make any progress but if i come on there understanding that i'm dealing with human beings that have these emotional psychological things pressures that they're working with on the regular and honor that and escort them through the change i get invited back to the party people aren't avoiding eye contact with me anymore but it was it was through the understanding that man it's it's me i'm the constraint if i can evolve my thinking and the way i make people feel i will get invited back if all i'm for, focused on is the outcome of this kaizen event people are then i start treating people like tools and guess what nobody likes to be treated like a tool to, to jennifer's point earlier people want to matter people want to know that i know their name and then i give a damn about how what their experience is right now in the moment and i just want to add to that because i'm going to quote jesse because he Jesse says, like, control is an illusion. It is. Like, as soon as we think we have control of something, I don't care what it is. Like, you may convince yourself. You may even go home at night and feel like, I got that. I figured it out. Like, there's a whole lot of human element that plays into every single thing we do. Even in, even in the mathematical equations and the visuals and the metrics and all that. Like, there is still, you still, the, the control is an illusion. And as soon as we can get to the point to where it's not about the control. It's not about the control. And I, and I use my, my 11 year old as an example all the time because I am a parent and she is an 11 year old. So in my mind, like at the end of the day, I'm still in control. And, and for a long time, that was my mode of, of working. Like we're going to figure this out. But at any point where you just get to a point where I can't get through to you, you're just going to do it because I'm the parent. And 
at that point, I have lost all control, all control. It is not me controlling the situation. And it's the same thing with the people that we interact with. When we stop making it be about control, like Jesse said, we then we get invited back to the party. And for some further thoughts and reading around treating people as people um, versus tools, there's I and Thou by Martin Buber or Leadership and Self-Deception from the Arbiter oh, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> um, two, uh, two good books on that philosophy. Um, and I think uh, different personalities, you know, have, have different paths in this development. Um, you have people that are very empathetic and, you know, they tend to struggle with um, being their own person, right? They're too yes. adaptive, right? They're, they're, they're too uh, conciliatory. Um, and then on the other hand, you have uh, people who uh, experience emotions at a much lower level and they don't, you know, if I don't get upset by this, why should you get upset? You're just <laughs> out of control, you know, get a grip, you know, yep. um, calm down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <You know>? yes. <laughs> and it's not a, it's not a binary, right? No. It's a spectrum. People are all on this curve and every individual responds differently. And, you know, you have to develop a full toolkit to develop relationships with, with different people. And so you're going to have that, you know, emotionally stunted boss who's like, just get it done. You know, well, what do they respond to, right? Mm. Uh, it, but then you'll also have, you know, some squishy zennial or something on your team who's like, oh my gosh, you you have metrics? We, we, we shouldn't, that's wrong. How do I feel about this? That's more important. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a $200 million project. I don't really give a damn how you feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so getting the moving pieces of relationality to work together, um, yes. is a very valuable skill set, And I would encourage anybody that is in a leadership role, right? Which I distinguish between management and leadership. And we're going to talk about that on a future podcast because we have way too much shit on leadership out there. Not nearly enough on management, I um, <laughs> right? Yes. But, uh, if you're in a leadership role, um, it's a almost non-negotiable skill um, for success and being able to be effective in larger and larger and more influential uh, leadership roles. And it starts with the self. And that's what I love about lean and love. Um, so we're about to wrap up. Is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with well, I, I will go just, I'll go first. And then that way you can wrap it up, Jesse. Um, I just, again, the book, it, it wasn't a plan. It wasn't a big, here's our big scheme of what we're going to do and, and what we're, what our plan is. It's like a, it, it evolves just like everything seems to do nowadays. And it was a PDCA. It was a, I mean, just can everything continuous improvement. We started something, we had an idea, we jumped and said, let's just try it. And then it turned into something bigger and then it turned into a platform and then it turned to a book. So the biggest thing for us, and, and we talk about it a lot in the, in the book and there's, you know, excerpts in there about examples some things that we, examples that we screwed up on, but also some things that we learned from, but it's um, don't just sit and wait until you think you're perfectly ready to start it. Just start. And there's tons of little nuggets in there, questions that you can ask yourself, examples, little quotes, things that just 
look at it, pull, you can open the book up to any page and there it's very digestible. It's like almost like social media. It's just a quote and an excerpt and a picture. And a, and so it's very digestible. Just open it up, find something and just look at it and go, how can I apply that? And then just do it, just try it because it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be better than where you were. And with that, echo everything Jennifer said, and then I'm going to add some extra hard homework. Um, and so the homework is this, be kind to yourself and share a smile with someone. Well, let me wrap this up with a question that sounds humorous, but I'm actually being serious. Okay. Um, is it appropriate to buy this book for my significant other? <laughs> yes, your significant other. My, I bought it for my kids. I bought it for my mom. I gave it to my brothers. And these are just like for me. But also I have lots of people that I interact with that love it. And I've had two different groups of people at work that are doing study action teams on it. Like we're, we, we build, awesome. stuff. We're, we're like, you know, we do, we do like structures and things and they're doing study action teams on the book because it's about relationships. Well, that yes. is fantastic. I, I just wanted to get that out there. You know, no one's going to be uh, super offended if, uh, you know, here's a really big hint out of for you on Amazon. Uh, so thank you guys for joining a fantastic conversation about a very important topic that I think can put so many professionals like over that edge in their life success path. Like this is the, the horizon, right, to your success and, and your book can help us uh, get over that horizon. So thank you. I'll put a link uh, down below. We'll hash out the um, royalties later. Um, everybody. Jen and Jess, Lean and Love by Best Love Letters. We appreciate you coming on. For everybody out there in YouTube land, goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.